holiday greetings to each and every one of you whoever is watching us who is there, whoever is listening to us we greet you it's a holiday season and it's a wonderful time we are almost going into the new year a time that most of us make new year resolutions and some of us don't stick to them and this is why we are having this conversation today this is now tell us i'm your host anthony moirore at now tell us we have guests come and tell us stories they come and inspire us they kind of they come and educate us on a subject and always we are having great guests like today we have a great guest whose name is known as alan razaros and he's going to be here to tell us how to become the most productive and most effective version of yourself and i won't take one more minute because i know that alan has much to tell us i'll ask you to join me as we go to meet him and before we go i will remind you to please share this with all your friends if you have a question ask if you have a comment about the episode or the podcast in general uh, please give it we appreciate feedback and thank you in advance and now why don't you join me as we go to meet alan here we go Hello, Alan. Hello. What's happening? What a unique intro. I've been on many, many shows. That was, that was awesome. That was awesome. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled. I'm humbled. I uh, just like introducing the best speaker that is coming. Who is Alan? <laughs> we thank God that you're here. We appreciate your presence here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. From which part of the world are you? Yeah. So Massachusetts in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of on the border of Rhode Island. How, how is now? It's Christmas all over the world, and I wonder how what's happening. What's what's unique there at the place that you are at? So I had listened to an episode of your show, and I knew that you were going to ask this question. And I thought to myself, New England. So Massachusetts is a part of New England. The New England forests here are so beautiful. New England okay. forests are beautiful. And uh, that's what I that's what I wanted to share. Oh, that's good. That's good. And we we, uh, we like hearing uh, about other parts of the world so that we can make our vision board more brighter. So yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> so New England I... forests, New England forests and mountains and foliage, for okay. sure. especially yeah. in the fall, especially in the yeah. fall. Yeah, so wonderful. So uh, we love guests who come to our show, and we always know that our guests are always doing some great things in the world. And we appreciate knowing what is it that you do, and uh, how can you help us with whatever it is that you're doing? How can you inspire us? And you, how can you, how can we get some stories of your life and just feel more inspired and more encouraged to move on into the new year with confidence? So uh, for me, what I do in the world, a lot of things, we, we have a 20 person team, we have a podcast called Next Level University, 
And it's based on a very simple premise, which is no matter where you are in life, there's always a next level. Mm -hmm. And when you aim for that next level, you're going to have to take more responsibility and you're going to have challenges and those challenges are going to force you to grow. And so we have sort of a personal growth company, 20 people on our team and, and 23 different departments, one of them being a charity. But what I personally do, so I'm the CEO and the CFO of the, the company, but what I'm really doing a ton of is coaching. Okay. So I'm primarily a coach and I just surpassed my 5,000th one-on-one coaching session with people from all over the world. And so the title of this episode, how to become the most productive and effective version of yourself. That's really in a nutshell. What I help people do is I get on the phone with them. They tell me their goals and dreams or their new year's resolutions. And then I help them reverse engineer those finish lines. I was a computer engineer and I have a, a, a an engineering mathematical scientific brain that can do a really good job of really breaking down complex long-term goals into simple, tangible steps, and then helping people consistently execute along the way through habit tracking and that kind of stuff. So in a nutshell, I'm a coach who helps you with the how to get to the goals that you want. Oh, that's cool. And what kind of people do you coach? Um, or is it just anybody, someone who... <laughs> uh, so dream chasers primarily, and then a lot of times, so in, in 2023, I leaned very heavily into business coaching. So mostly business owners mm -hmm. early on. I, I think, you know, I, I coach anywhere from an 18-year-old all the way to a 63-year-old. It's primarily women. I, I coach three or four men, and they all have goals and dreams. Most of them are business owners, uh, anywhere from brand new business owner all the way to like three million a year type of businesses. And it's growing more and more and more each year. And I want to get to a point eventually where I'm coaching some of the best business owners in the world. But, you know, I only started this six years ago. So, mm, And it's good that you mentioned there, uh, that because uh, what was coming was, uh, it's good that you told us that at every point in life, whatever it is that you are, there's always a next level. What is your big dream at this point? Uh, yeah, so this, that, but I, maybe you can go deeper. What, what would you like to achieve uh, in your next level? Okay. So two things come up, even though there's a ton, uh, one of them is to have the most successful holistic self-improvement podcast in the industry. So we have a podcast called next level university, 1500 episodes. So that's one. The big one is becoming a business leader of other business leaders and Really what I want to do is twofold. So so one, I want to coach executives in some of the biggest companies in the world, but only the ones that align with my core values. And then what I also want to do is create an incubator program. This is in the future, but essentially what it is, is if you've never heard of Y Combinator, in 2012, I was starting a little company called Campus Libre and we applied to Y Combinator. Y Combinator is what's known as an incubator program. In other words, you have, so Pandora came out of Y Combinator. There's a bunch of, Stripe came out of Y Combinator. There's a lot of big companies that did. And really what it is, is you have these business leaders and mentors that have lots of wisdom, experience, knowledge, and money, but they don't have any time. And then you have these young kids, these young teams that want to start companies, particularly tech companies, is what Y Combinator focuses on. And they have very little knowledge, very little experience. They have tons of time and effort, and they have a big idea, but they don't have any money or wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so I want to eventually create our own sort of Y Combinator where we invest in 
you know, people who have a great idea and teams that have a great idea and then mentor them along the way to become successful. And then obviously we would own a piece of the company. So that's my big, 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 like long-term dream is to eventually have our own next level university incubator program where we really help bolster and encourage young people to start their own companies and then help them succeed and, and just take a piece of that upside. Mm, that's cool. I would love to see you on your next level. Uh, it's a, gr a great one, a great ex uh, promise, a great dream that you have there. Now, we have uh, several people who are listening to us, and I believe we have some dream chasers who are here. And some of them have big dreams, and they don't know how to become productive, how they don't, uh, they, they have to become effective in order to achieve their big dreams. How do we go about that? So I... I'll tell you a little background. So I went from high school to college, college to my master's program. And then I, I did a lot of job hopping in corporate. And I had a bunch of different corporate jobs at different tech companies, iRobots, Sensata Technologies, Tyco Safety Products, Simplex Grinnell, uh, uh, Cognex. And when I left corporate, I realized that I'm not as productive as I thought. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because in high school, you show up on time because you'll get punished if you're not. Yeah. In college, you know, you don't really have to go to class, but you have to show up to the tests and you have to get good grades. There's so much accountability built in. Mm. And then in corporate, obviously, you know, I always say this, you don't have self-discipline if you're only going to work and showing up on time because you're afraid to get fired. Mm. I, a lot of people in life are, are doing what I refer to as playing not to lose rather than playing to win. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is when I left corporate, when I was 26 years old, I realized I'm not nearly as productive as I thought. I'm productive when I have to be, when my boss is looking over my shoulder or my reports, I have to report, you know, but mm -hmm. when it's just me and I'm the boss, I'm not nearly as productive. Yeah. And so for people who have dreams and goals that are self, that require self-starting and self-motivation... Mm -hmm. The first step to becoming more productive is admitting that you're not. Mm, yeah, that I'm admitting not. that you're not. It's kind of like the whole, you know, if you want to overcome. So for me, I struggled with alcohol in my 20s. I first had to admit I had a problem before I solved it. Well, yeah, it's that same we have, deal. We, we have a lot of people who are going through some a level they are at a certain level they are not looking at the next okay they may have an idea of the next level or a dream or a wish we, we like calling it a wish because it's not something that they have committed to and they, they they will always remain there because they have not admitted that the that level they are at is a challenge to them they they've not admitted that there's something that is lacking in them to get them to the next level so, so admit that you're in a challenge, admit that it's something difficult for you. And maybe I, I guess the next level that we are going to, I don't know, but maybe get some help or it's going to come somewhere else at some point. If you need accountability, mm -hmm. you can get a coach, you can get a therapist, you can have a peak performance partner. For the longest time, I had a peak performance partner in fitness, someone who you check in with weekly and, and you say, what's the progress you made this week? Mm. In my company at NLU, Next Level University, we have all we all have it track. And we all have a dashboard that shows 
each other who's tracking what and who's doing what and who's responsible for what. And so we have metrics that hold us accountable. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like an analogy of if you were to do a spin class and, you know, there's a big difference between you alone riding a spin bike versus you with other people with it on the board of yeah. like a leaderboard that you can mm -hmm. see that updates in real time. You're, you're always going to pedal harder and faster when there's public accountability. Mm -hmm. Another good example is like if you back when Fitbit was first out, there was those Fitbit challenges where you'd, you know, see someone walking around their living room to beat their friends at who can get the most steps in. And it's kind of like that you got to create some sort of a public accountability. I often use the analogy of everyone works out before their wedding, not everyone, but most people. And the reason why is not because they're super motivated intrinsically and they want to, you know, be in shape, but because they don't want to look bad in their wedding dress or they don't want to look bad in their suit. No mm. one wants to look bad at their own wedding or out of shape at their own wedding. So everyone, not everyone, but 95% of people are in the gym before their wedding. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as their wedding's over, all of a sudden they're not anymore. So if you really want to get to that next level, you need to take more responsibility and accountability in advance, mm. in advance. Like I'm accountable to my team. If I didn't have my 20 person team that I know is counting on me to, to lead the way, there's no way I would be as disciplined as I am. I know. Cause when I was alone, I did not, I mean, Kevin and I, my business partner, we've done 1500 episodes and we've never missed an episode mm -hmm. that would have been impossible alone. Yeah, I, yeah. I get it. I get it. And I'm with you there. Now, there's a question here because you mentioned about going public with your accountability. And the question comes because you also mentioned a team. Now, what's the difference between me going public on my social handle, like on my Facebook and going public with a, a specific team? What, what's the difference? What's the benefit? What's, what are the pros and cons? Yeah, I would say both will will keep you more motivated and disciplined. Mm -hmm. I would say one of them could end up being a little more toxic because uh, you might get people who are like thinking you're bragging or whatever, or maybe strangers holding you accountable maybe isn't as, as uh, positive. Mm -hmm. But if it's someone you care about, it has to be someone who you want to see you in a positive light okay so i'll give you one more example so so my my beautiful girlfriend emilia and i i often call her my future wife and then people say well are you engaged it's like no but it's in the future uh <laughs> but she's the love of my life and and we have worked out uh consistently for a half an hour a day of exercise every day for 658 days mm. And I have it all tracked on my social media. So if you were to go to my Instagram, you'd see on my highlights, 658 days uh, of updating with pictures. It's, you know, it, some of them are screenshots of my, my Apple watch. Some of them are sh pictures of us in the gym, mm -hmm. you know, exercise, walking, walking counts, jogging counts, basketball counts, soccer counts. Um, weight training is a big one. We do weight training every other day. So, but, but my point is Emilia is accountable to me and I'm accountable to Emilia. I don't want to let her down. Mm -hmm. We let ourselves down all the time. It's human nature. If no one's watching and you know no one's watching and you know no one's going to know, you will let yourself down. It's unfortunate, but it is true. Mm. But if someone else is waiting in the gym waiting for you and you told them you'd show up mm. at 6.30 a.m., you will be more motivated. This is just yeah. human nature. We will do anything not to lose face.
mm-hmm. especially from someone we care about deeply and we admire and we love. And mm-hmm. so you, you just got to get that leverage on yourself. So yeah, it would work to post it on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's probably better to pick someone who, you know, you trust and, and uh, who you care about deeply. Yeah, accountability is good because now here on social media, I have people who I am accountable to, who are always watching me. I have Deasho here who is saying he's glad that he's watching because he's learning a lot. And everyone else who's watching, uh, can you maybe please say where you're watching us from and maybe ask a question uh, to Alan, so that he can answer, so that we can help you once we, uh, I mean, the time that we are here, we are here for you. And thank you, Deasso, for that. And everyone else who's watching or listening, we thank you. So in your journey, uh, in your personal journey, your accountability, and also on your coaching with the people that you uh, come uh, in, this is to s- talk about your business. What are the challenges that you may, may have encountered and how did you overcome them? Uh, I think the biggest one is realizing that I wasn't as strong of a communicator as I thought. Mm-hmm. So I went to a tech school called Wusher Polytechnic Institute. It's kind of like a little mini MIT and it's all it's an engineering school. So it's, mm-hmm. it's mostly math minds. And I've come to understand over time that there's four modality, four main modalities of thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's math and math and logic and rationality. That's that's one. It's very rare, but it's that's one of them. Uh, words. Most people think in words, mm-hmm. statistically speaking. So so most people think in in words. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's pictures. A lot of people think in pictures and images, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got energy. Energy is fascinating. The the rare ones are energy and math. Okay. Numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the common, the most common is words. I used to think I was a good communicator or a strong communicator. And, and what I, what I realize is for an engineer, I think, yeah, <laughs> but you know, a lot of people didn't understand a word I was saying because I think in numbers and it's a modality of thinking that's very rare. Mm-hmm. And so I think in chronological time and I think in numbers and I think in the compound effect and I think in deep hyper rationality. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's the scientific method to me. And so the biggest challenge that I've had is leading people. Uh, very few computer engineers, I think, do a good job of leading emotionally driven people. Mm-hmm. And I have an amazing team of primarily empowered, emotionally driven women who are unbelievable. And my rational brain and, and numbers brain has trouble sometimes communicating effectively in ways that that resonate. Um, and I think I've done a great job and I've come up, but for me, the biggest challenge has been effective communication. I just did not understand what other people don't understand. And then one more layer of this real quick, there's something called metacognition. And all that really is, is a fancy term for thinking about your thinking. Mm-hmm. So like dogs don't think about their thinking. They just, they just do stuff. Yeah. Uh, human beings have metacognition, so we can think about what we're thinking. We can we can observe ourselves in real time, and then there's like layers of that. So you can, you know, the dog went to the mall is a story. A meta story is, you know, sometimes dogs go to the mall, and mm-hmm. the reason why is X Y Z. And again, probably a silly example, but I talk in metacog. 
I'm always metacognition and I'm always thinking about my thinking and strategy long-term. It's like a chess player's mind talking mm -hmm. to someone who doesn't do a lot of that. And so if you've ever read Aristotle and don't understand what he's talking about, that's, you know, true for me. But when I read Stephen Hawking or Albert Einstein, I, I do understand very deeply because I have a very math brain. Mm -hmm. And so people who think in energy understand Aristotle pretty well. Uh, people who think in math understand Einstein and and Stephen Hawking and, and, you know, Elon Musk and Steve Jobs very well. Like a lot of people don't think Elon Musk is a strong communicator. And I remember when I first heard that, I was like, what do you mean? He's like unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. See, and, and, and I have my business partners, like he's terrible at communicating. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, I understand every word. He's like, yeah, but Alan, you're a math thinker. He actually said, you're a math genius. Mm -hmm. Oh, not everyone else understands what he's talking about. So biggest challenge, hands down, in my opinion, is leadership. And the biggest challenge of leadership is not being an effective communicator of, here's what I want to say, here's my pure intentions, but here's what actually lands with the other pe person. And even right now, I'm challenged to get, get even that to land. Yeah, I get you. And it's interesting. And I mean, it's a challenge for us to know that those who are surrounding us are understanding us the way we want to be understood. And not only the way we want it, uh, us to be understood, but the most effective way that we want to pass a message across that is going to be productive in whatever it is that we are doing. And it becomes a big challenge because as you say, each and every one of us will understand things differently uh, based on their thinking. And, I love uh, that one that you mentioned and because uh, I've mentioned it before and people are like, oh, I haven't thought of that before, that I should be thinking about what I'm thinking. You, you just don't let yourself lose, be invaded by every kind of thought that falls into space. <laughs> You've got to be in, uh, you, uh, intentional in whatever it is that you're thinking. If if you don't mind me sharing this, so so... Growing up, I always had everybody tell me, you think too much. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, you think too little. <laughs> like, what, thinking is a really good thing. I mean, what's the difference between a dog and a human, right? We can think. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's the difference between a smartphone and a dumb phone? The smartphone is more capable. So I think intelligence is really important. And I grew up in an environment where intelligence wasn't super valued. And they would always say, you think too much. Don't worry about it. You think too much. And I, now I realize I'm 35. Oh, they don't do metacognition. So they think I think too much because they're not thinking about their thinking. <laughs> yeah. I'm over here analyzing the world and existential questions of what the meaning of life is and why we're here and what we do and purpose and passion and profit. They're, the economy and how it all works and why it all works that way. Everyone else is just kind of like winging it. Not everyone, but but the people that were saying that. Yeah, most. And of now I get it. It's like mm -hmm. I'm my my favorite thing in the world is to think about my thinking and to to talk about it. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. But growing up, I <laughs> I just did not get along with people because I remember I used to tell my mom like, "Why do you smoke cigarettes?" You know, because I remember thinking like, she's like, "Well, I like it." It's like, "Well, you do know it's bad for you. Like, it's gonna kill you." Yeah. And I remember we always argued and it turns out she just wasn't thinking that much about it. She just kind of wanted to do, she didn't really want to want to worry about it. But to me, effective decisions and being productive to the point of this episode, it comes down to your thinking. You have to 
you have to zoom out, you know, and, and look at the consequences of your own choices. And apparently I just always naturally did that more than other people. And I, I never knew, and it always hurt my relationships and it hurt my ability to lead. So hopefully anyone out there who's struggling with this, just because you think a lot and you understand a lot and you contemplate a lot does not mean other people do. And they probably think you're weird and and that's okay but they're probably intimidated by you as well and so you have to create a psychologically safe space where they feel comfortable being around you because they probably think on some level you're studying them not because you're being unkind or overly critical but because you study everything and everyone and all the time so um if you're a scientist by nature like me most of the time you don't get along easily with other people um, particularly this time of year when a lot of us are on autopilot with the holidays, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So we have someone who's listening. I'm guessing someone is a leader. Someone is leading a team of people. And apart from just thinking about what it is they are thinking for themselves and the things they would want to achieve. Now, this person who is leading a team is leading different kinds of people. There are people who think, there are people who don't think, there are people who have a different perspective on life and whatever it is that you're working on. With all this in mind, can you please help us find a balance and uh, let uh, and make the team productive and effective? How do we go about this? Number one most important thing is core aspirations and core core beliefs. All right. So I mentioned we have a 20 person team. Mm. I, the, the core team, the directors, I, I, we call them directors. They, they lead the team leads. They all came from our community. Mm -hmm. They came from listeners of the podcast. And what you find out is there's this fancy word called a paradigm. And a paradigm is nothing more or less than your deepest belief about life. And it's usually unconscious. You know, mm -hmm. you've got your unconscious, your subconscious, and your conscious. And unconsciously, you have a belief about life. You either believe life is for fun, or maybe you believe it's about family, or maybe you believe it's about working, or maybe you believe it's about career, or maybe you believe it's about church, or maybe you believe it's about religion. So whatever your deepest core belief about life is, existential question is like, what's the meaning of life? What's the purpose? Mm -hmm. For me, it's, I have a, a growth paradigm. So personal growth, like I believe that life, the purpose of life is to do all I can with all I have to maximize my own unique potential. Mm -hmm. That's a very rare paradigm. Most people unconsciously believe that life is about having fun or pleasure. I, I growing up, I had a paradigm of these three things. Number one was achiever. Yeah. The purpose of life is achievement. Number two is uh, fun, pleasure. It's called a pleasure centered paradigm. Mm -hmm. Meaning it's all about fun. Mm -hmm. And then number three was friends. I thought my friends were everything. And when I was 26, I got in a tough car accident. My father passed away in a car accident when he was 28. And when I was 26, I got in a car accident and it got me to question my whole life. And that's, you know, a pretty long story. But essentially, I thought that was it. And it wasn't. And I was very grateful to, to still be here. Mm -hmm. But I, after that, I, I changed my whole paradigm. I went from achievement, pleasure, and friends to growth, growth and uh, impact. Mm -hmm. Even right now, like I'm doing this for free. This is, I'm here to serve. I'm here to practice my craft, growth, and to serve. Mm -hmm. And 
and then hopefully profit will come later down the road and that's been beneficial but at the end of the day my paradigm shifted from life is about having fun to no 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 life is about doing all you can with all you've been given hmm. and that's a those those the two different worlds two different lives yeah but here's my point when you hire a team make sure they have the same paradigm same paradigm same core values same core aspirations but complementary skill sets hmm. get it right from the start yeah get it right from the start yeah. and you you can't train someone to be humble you have to just hire humble people <laughs> trust me i've tried it's the worst thing ever yeah, and yeah. you kind of think i'm gonna do everything it takes to change this person into the yeah. path that i think it can be that's that's the high road to low self-worth right there uh, okay Alan, we thank you thank you very much for sharing with us and uh, i know there's much we can talk on uh, this topic but then our time is almost over but before you go i, I know that as you said you work with people and uh, maybe there's someone here who's interested in following up with you how can they get to connect with you uh email me mm -hmm. alan at nextleveluniverse.com alan a-l-a-n okay. at nextleveluniverse.com spelt just like it sounds and you can email me. Just make sure you provide context, please, because I do get a lot of spam emails. Um, mm -hmm. Just say, hey, I heard you on this show, and, and I, it, I was really intrigued, and I'd love to meet you and help you. At the end of the day, I'm going to help you maximize your potential, maximize your impact, and grow your business. And if your business is a win-win-win, meaning it's a win for you, win for your team, win for the world, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help. And I have, you know, one person came to me one time and I personally don't believe in alcohol because alcohol caused me a lot of pain growing up. Uh, and I quit drinking, uh, five years ago, but I had one person come to me and say, Hey, can you help me grow my company? And it was a wine company and I don't have anything against wine necessarily, but I just, I just can't, I'm not gonna, to me, it's not aligned. If, if you have a company who is yeah. good for the world and it's aligned with my core aspirations and, and the good that I want to do in the world, I will help you grow that thing uh, as much as possible. So uh, yeah, reach out, alan at nextleveluniverse.com. Just say, hey, just provide context when you do because I do get a lot of spam emails. Yeah, once again, that's alan at nextleveluniverse.com. And by the way, the website, if you just want to go there, that's www.nextleveluniverse.com. So we are coming to the end of this show, but before we go, please leave us with a few words that we should always remember. Which are they coming from Alan? A few words you should always, uh, yeah. I would say the, don't ask yourself a simple question. What was true about me 10 years ago that's still gonna be true 10 years from now? Mm -hmm. And you don't want to design your life around things that are fleeting. Don't design your life around fads. I remember one time, you know, my business partner was like, we got to get on Clubhouse. And I was like, dude, no, don't worry about it. If Clubhouse is still around in 10 years, great, but we don't know yet. Build work 
and a life that lasts the tests of time. And, and, and don't run around with shiny object syndrome trying to chase every new fad and every new thing. Instead, think long and deep and hard about who you are and who you aspire to be and, and make your choices around that. The stuff that's never going to change. Like, I'm obsessed with self-improvement. I'm always going to be and I always have been. Build a life around that, right? Because that's a passion and an obsession that's never going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I, it play, life has become a long-term game statistically. Life expectancy globally is 73. Don't make short-term decisions that are detrimental long-term when life has become a long-term game. That would be what I would end with. Yeah, thank you very much. And that's how you become productive and effective. When you look at the person that you are 10 years back and you think that the person or the place you are at or the dreams that you had back then, you're still chasing after them because you had a big dream and you haven't achieved most of most of it. Yeah, that, that's the path that you should be going on. Be the best person, be productive, be be, be what you are meant to be. And uh, thank Alan for that. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This was an awesome interview and yeah. I enjoyed this very much. Yeah, we enjoyed it too because you're a great one. You, you did a great presentation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank yes. you. And we also thank our viewers and our listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Now Tell Us. We appreciate you. And uh, yeah, this is why we are here. This is why we come because we are accountable to you. And uh, please, we would like to know what it is that you would like to achieve in life so that you, we, you can be accountable to us. <laughs> nice. We wish you a very good uh, holiday season and a wonderful 2024. That's about it for today. And until next time, it's bye for now. Talk soon. Bye.